You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. One of the things that uh, many people said at the beginning of the pandemic as as countries locked down and some of them closed their boundaries was that uh, this would affect trade this would affect outsourcing and that because it would affect supply chains with comp- with countries moving to ensure that their supply chains were more integrated that they were not dependent on sourcing from other countries that it would also affect globalization uh, walk us through each one of these trade outsourcing and globalization do you see any change happening on these fronts the short answer is yes uh but i maybe in a, i'm in a minority i believe the globalization is here to stay globalization has uh, on on the net been a real positive uh for our global community uh but the rules of globalization are certainly going to change supply chains uh supply chains got disrupted as a result of pan, uh, of the pandemic every business that i speak to every ceo that i speak to is going to reassess and re-engineer their supply chains. It's an opportunity for India. Um, India aspires to be a $5 trillion economy. We are certainly uh, fully on board with that notion. I think it's an opportunity for India to get some of those supply chains to relocate to India. And so supply chains will certainly change. Uh, but I believe that uh, globalization is here to, it to stay. Uh, outsourcing uh, outsourcing is not only uh, based on cost arbitrage but it's based increasingly on talent arbitrage and if you think about india india the reason why we have 55000 people and why we are doubling down on india the commitment that i've made is that we will double the number of uh, individuals that we have in india is because of the talent that exists in india and so uh, i believe that uh, the the rules of outsourcing will certainly change Uh, but it is here to uh, here to stay tell us a little bit more about your plans in india because you spoke about uh, um, doubling down on india you spoke about the fact that remote working would increasingly happen and that deloitte would work in a hybrid way and you sp- can we visualize a scenario where we where you have a huge workforce in india which is servicing not just this country but also many other geographies i know you already do some of that now but but is that going to increase well i think you answered your question in the way that you framed it uh, we absolutely serve the world from india uh we have as i said 55000 individuals and they really do two buckets of activities serving the most uh, prominent clients and governments in india uh and then serving the world from india uh we've got uh, centers in hyderabad and gurgaon and pune etc uh, that serve the world and our um uh, plans over the next 2 to 3 years is to double that workforce uh and it's partly because as i said because of the talent arbitrage opportunity we're also as a firm a purpose led organization uh we are our purpose is to serve clients with distinction to create a tangible measurable attributable impact for our clients but it is also to give back to the communities that we live and work in one thing that i'm very proud of is what we call world class what we decided a few years ago deloitte gives about 265 million dollars back into the communities that we live and work in 
Uh, but one thing that we decided is that the most precious resource that Deloitte has is not the money that we give. It is the 300,000 individuals and the talents that those individuals have. We decided that we were going to impact 50 million individuals positively. And we were going to do this community by community. And in India, our commitment is that we will take 10 million women and girls and through education, take them out of poverty. 175 million women and girls in India are not educated. 40% of school-going girls drop out of school. And so what we are trying to work with a number of other NGOs is to impact 10 million women and girls, give them the skills and education so that they can participate in this wonderful economy that India is developing. And so that's in addition to doubling down on India and the number of people that we have, we're going to double down in what we do in our communities in India, particularly through this commitment of 10 million uh, women and girls that we are going to impact. You're an advisor to many large companies and chief executives. What is the view of India and global corner rooms? How do these countries see India? I think this is the Indian century. I really believe that. And I believe that uh, many are very bullish about India. As I said, India has the demographic dividend. India has uh, the talent opportunity, the democratic norms that exist in India, just the vibrancy of the culture. And I have to say, Sukumar, I'm biased. Uh, given uh, my, uh, my heritage, I'm biased about India, but I hear this uh, often. And I believe that uh, uh, people increasingly see the opportunities that exist in India, whether it is uh, establishing supply chains, whether it is, as, as you talked about, um, uh, using the talents of India to serve the world. I really believe this is India's, uh, India's uh, uh, century. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.